Raphael, thanks so much for joining us on Speaking of Making Healthcare Work for You. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Aporv Gupta, and today we welcome Dr. Monique Ruberu, who is the owner of Natural Women's Health. It's located in Pennsylvania, but she is helping people worldwide. And so, Dr. Monique, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to speak with y'all. I'm really excited to hear all about your story because you have a really amazing story. You started out as a traditionally practicing um, OBGYN, and then you moved into Napro Technology. So can you tell us briefly what Napro Technology is? Because some people may not be familiar with it. And then what spurred your interest in that on a personal level? Absolutely. So Napro Technology is the use of natural family planning methods, specifically Crichton Fertility Care Natural Family Planning charting, in order to document your bleeding patterns, your mucus patterns, your length of cycle, all of these things, in order to identify if you have any GYN abnormalities. It's really aimed at looking at the root cause of every issue. So for example, if somebody comes in and they have an issue with abnormal bleeding, rather than just putting that person on a contraceptive pill to shut down your cycle and to put in place a fake bleeding pattern, we prefer to have you document that bleeding, look and see what all of the signs are that your body is sharing with you and to identify things like tail end brown bleeding, which means something, or premenstrual spotting, which means something, or a shortened length of cycle, which means something. And really looking at seeing what everything means and then doing targeted tests to identify what those underlying issues are and then address those issues rather than trying to shut down your cycle and just kind of put a Band-Aid on top of things. The reason that I became involved with this was I was practicing as a typical gynecologist for many years. And personally, I was never a fan of using birth control pills um, to address issues for myself. And I always felt like there was something else that could be done. I wasn't trained in alternative medicine, so I didn't have those skills at that time. But in looking around, what I found was Napro technology and Napro technology just really filled that niche that I was looking for, you know, the ability to just address people in a very holistic way, rather than just focusing on, you know, oh, you have this symptom and let's just get rid of the symptom. I much prefer the idea of being able to actually solve the problem. That's really awesome. What is it like whenever you tell people that you're doing these different technologies and these different techniques, because you're working with people who may be able to, or may not be able to get pregnant and also people who may be getting pregnant and having recurrent miscarriage. So what is it like when you talk with them and say, this may not be your reality, you may be able to have a different outcome. It is so empowering for my patients to realize that there is actually something wrong because many of these patients, especially on the infertility aspect, have been told that they have unexplained infertility. And so, you know, there's typically like a cooking cutter list of all of the things that a physician will go through to determine what the cause is for a patient's fertility. But there are many things that they don't go into deeply. So for instance, when I have a patient who comes to me with infertility, we always have them check estrogen levels 
all the way from the beginning or sorry, the end of their period to the time of ovulation. And then we have them check estrogen and progesterone levels from the time of ovulation to the next period. So they're doing about 12 lab draws, checking this estrogen and progesterone every other day. But this information gives us so many clues as to the function of their underlying hormones and what is missing or what is in overabundance. And then we can address those things because sometimes you'll see that the estrogen levels prior to ovulation are just not high enough. And then we know we need to help them stimulate that estrogen boost in order to bring about a good ovulation or say they are ovulating, but after ovulation, they start off with beautiful estrogen and progesterone curves and suddenly it falls. And then we know, okay, so this corpus luteum cyst, which has been produced after the ovulation is initially working great, but then it suddenly dies off. So we know we need to support that egg. We need to really take time to give this patient the right supplements in order to bring about a better egg quality. And then we need to support that second half of the cycle by giving them the appropriate amount of estrogen and progesterone so that when they conceive, they, that baby will have enough hormone present to sustain the pregnancy. There are so many other aspects as well, you know, just looking at even the tail and brown bleeding at the end of their period, that could be a sign of low progesterone, or it could be a sign of a very subtle infection inside of the uterus. Um, and by treating that infection, you can prevent recurrent miscarriage. Uh, for people that have been told to get an ultrasound of their uterus, oftentimes they're not told, make sure you get this ultrasound done on day five to seven of your cycle. And if you check the ultrasound at the wrong time, you're not going to be able to get the correct information because people will come back and they'll say, oh, I got it, you know, in the middle of my cycle. And now I have a diagnosis of cysts. And the reality is those cysts could be normal ovulatory cysts because every cycle we create a cyst and that cyst ruptures and that's how we ovulate. But if you check your ultrasound at the very beginning of the cycle, when everything is quiet and your lining is thin, then you know, like if there's a cyst that shows up there, you have an abnormality with cysts. If there's a lining that's more than a certain amount, you know that you have a thickened lining and you may have polyps, which will increase the risk of miscarriage by about 30%. But oftentimes they won't find that information because they're not checking the tests at the correct time. So it's a very intense process you've described, uh, very detailed and methodical. So I guess I have two questions related to that. One is, uh, does it wind up then taking more time? So is it more cumbersome for you or for the patient? Uh, and then the second related question is, I, I'm still, I guess, trying to understand, is the technology itself the system and the process by which you're diagnosing this? Or is there some other component to it that you're considering the technology? So it's not technology in the sense of we have some sort of calculator or, you know, instrument that is, you know, a computer or anything like that. Nothing like that. The NAPR technology is just the overall system of evaluating all of these, this patient's signs and symptoms and knowing when to test and when not to test and how to interpret all of those things. Is it cumbersome? Yes. Initially, that first month is intense and full on, but it is the most 
amazing, beautiful experience for this couple. That first month when they are charting it all out and they are doing all of these tests and then we meet at the end and we discuss, you know, that's not the only testing we're doing in that very first cycle. They're doing an ultrasound on day five to seven of the cycle. They're doing these estrogen and progesterone levels all the way through the cycle. On day three of that cycle, I have them check a very deep dive into the thyroid. So not just looking at the typical TSH, free T3, free T4, but also looking for thyroid antibodies and also looking for reverse T3 and total T3 so that we can see if there's any underlying hidden thyroid dysfunction. And we look for, you know, problems with the adrenal gland. So there's a lot of blood work that happens, but typically my patients are so excited to have the opportunity to get these tests done because more than anything, the hardest thing about being told that you have struggles with infertility or struggles with recurrent miscarriage is that nobody is giving you the answer as to why it's happening. So these people crave that knowledge and they're more than willing to go and get this blood work done so that they can address the underlying issue and not just try and cover it up with another procedure or pill. I think that's one of the toughest thing is feeling like you don't have control or you don't have anything else to do. You just like, you know, it's just so anticlimactic, like, Oh, you have this problem and that's it to be able to say like, Oh my gosh, there's something else we can do to figure it out is amazing. My goal is not to be the driver in the driver's seat. Every one of these individuals, it's their life and it's their family that they're trying to grow. So I, what I do is I sit down with them and I lay out, every possible intervention and option and test that we can do. I tell them, this is how it's typically done, but we're going to take this. You are in the driver's seat and you are going to tell me what you want to do, when you want to do it and how you want to proceed with this. And my role here is simply to walk with you and to support you through this process because you're the one that has to walk through this journey You're the one who is financially investing in all of this investigation. You're the one who has to be emotionally stable and happy and peaceful throughout all of this because stress plays such a huge component in fertility and women's healthcare as well, right? If somebody, like, it's so amazing. If somebody's mother-in-law is coming over for an occasion, their period and their ovulation will likely be delayed because stress influences ovulation. So my goal is always, you know, not just to look at the patient in terms of what is your uterus doing? What is your, what are your ovaries doing? But a much more holistic view of what is your relationship like with your spouse? What what is your faith belief as far as this additional support that you can tap into so that you have peace in your life? And, you know, what is it that you're going through right now mentally and emotionally? Because that mindset plays a huge role in the healing of any aspect of health whether it be fertility or cancer or any sort of problem that you encounter, mindset is huge. If you believe that you're going to heal and you believe that you're going to have a positive outcome, you're 
so much more likely to actually get there. Yes, it's a, such an incredibly holistic and uplifting approach that you're describing. Uh, as I'm hearing it, I'm thinking, how lucky are the women that come to you and, and the couples, as you said, you can really help uh, save and, and mend uh, a lot of relationships. So what I'm wondering, Dr. Monique, is you'd mentioned at the outset when we were speaking earlier about uh, how uh, this is you're fighting decades long worth of ingrained practice. Uh, the uh, OBGYN society, the practitioners who may understand and appreciate the science, but they're still not able to break out of that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like? And relatedly, the, the journey probably with insurance companies as well? Do you, do you deal with them? Or how do you work yeah. with the, the medical industrial complex? I am treating all of the root problems, right? So if I have somebody who comes into my office for abnormal bleeding, I will be documenting that I'm treating abnormal bleeding. And then we just go about addressing all of the issues the way that I would address the issue. The insurance company does not care that I don't write contraceptives or that I don't refer for IVF. That's they're happy to work with me. And so that has not been an issue whatsoever. Um, as far as the other gynecologists that I work for, I, it was actually a benefit, benefit for me to have had the opportunity to be trained in the system and to work as a typical gynecologist for many years prior to kind of coming to this conversion in my thought and in my practice, because it really allowed me to have an understanding of exactly where they are and why it is that they might not be choosing this style of practice. And I think it's, it's not that, you know, any other gynecologist is bad or wrong or anything like that. I think they all have the best of intention for their patients. They're doing the very best and offering the very best that they have been taught themselves. And I think as we go along in time, especially in the osteopathic medical schools, you're going to see a lot more interest in natural care and the involvement of things like um, acupuncture, acupressure, and uh, holistic medicine and natural treatments for things. And I think that it's definitely, we're on the cusp of that, even with medical education. But the people who have come before me, it's very much in residency. It's a do one, teach one, you know, kind of spectrum where like everybody, you see it, and then you do it and then you teach it to someone else. So if all they've ever been taught is, oh yeah, you have abnormal bleeding or ovarian cysts or endometriosis or this and that, the other thing. And what you do is you give a contraceptive, then that's all they've ever heard. And so I'm blessed to have the opportunity to speak on this, you know, in so many different places. I've never had a gynecologist come up to me and say, hey, you know, this is just ridiculous. And how dare you? You know, nobody's ever confronted me in that way, which has been really great because there is science behind this. Right. I mean, it's not that I'm just saying, oh, you know, turn around and do a dance and you'll be healed. But it's it's actual, you know understanding when somebody is ovulating and then doing scientific testing to understand the root cause and then utilizing 
all of the Eastern medicine, which has been around way longer than allopathic medicine has been in order to enhance the treatments that we are capable of giving. How do you get people to accept this practice, you know, as you expand it? Because obviously people come to you and they're open to it. But as you're trying to share this with other gynecologists, like you said, they're open to it, but not practicing it themselves. But there is a reliance on the drug companies because they're very powerful entities. So how do you get patients who may be so used to getting those pharmaceutical recommendations to accept that and trust that? the ways that you're teaching them is going to work? And how do you get doctors to say like, I know this is what you've done. And I know that those are powerful people and that they're helpful to you in your practice, but you can still thrive in this manner. Sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, my goal personally isn't to go out and convert every gynecologist to a NAPRO trained uh, physician, because I realize that that is a huge bite to chew. I would rather invest my time and my energy in serving the patients And in my experience, when I have those conversations with gynecologists, oftentimes they will say, you know, so much of my practice is writing contraceptives for people, and I'm really not ready to step away from that. But I do encounter a large portion of patients who are looking for holistic options. And when I find them, I will refer them to you. And so that's typically how it works. You know, people know what their niche is and what they want to provide. And, you know, if they're happy in that and they're comfortable doing that and they're not ready to step out into something else, then, you know, that's okay. Uh, But I do, um, I love to share the information with them and just let them know that, you know, there is another way and eat, like I'm capable of running a very successful practice as a solo practitioner. And there are people all over the country who do this in groups, they do this as solo. So you just have to, you know, in whatever town or state that you're in, just Google, you know, NAPRO technology and your zip code and see what pops up. And very likely there will be someone at least within a three hour radius of where you are that now, especially with the pandemic, you can access with telemed or, you know, a variety of different ways. And then just one point to add on to whenever we talked previously, you said that when it comes to obstetrics, once you help these people with their infertility or miscarriage journey, then you still can work in tandem with their OBGYNs. They're still seeing their regular OB and then you just work with them. Absolutely. Oftentimes people who have this history of lower levels of progesterone or estrogen, they need that additional support throughout the pregnancy. But because of the training that we typically receive, most people think that after that 10 to 12 week mark, that the placenta should take over and provide adequate amounts of estrogen and progesterone, or at least of progesterone. And so they will stop whatever progesterone support that they are giving that person at 12 weeks, and then that patient will miscarry at 14. And so our goal is we check those levels every one to two weeks for that patient while they're working with another delivering doctor. And then we give them whatever support they need. We wean them off of the progesterone when their body shows that they no longer need it, but we continue checking the levels all the way up to 37 weeks just to ensure that they're always at a good place. 
It sounds like, Dr. Monique, that you have uh, taken science to a much deeper level. As I'm hearing about this, I'm a physician and I don't know a lot of this stuff, but if I go back to my textbooks, I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out. You're taking the time with the patient to kind of painstakingly make sure you understand what's going on with the patient in the light of science. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, if uh, what what the outcomes are that also demonstrate that uh, short-term, long-term outcomes are, are those available to show when we follow this method, this works just as well as or better than you know uh, 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 current practice. Absolutely. So there are several studies that have been done having to do with neighbor technology. Um, there is a group called FACTS, F-A-C-T-S. And they kind of put together a lot of the resources and research about fertility awareness-based methods. So, you know, if people are concerned about is, number one, is natural family planning, are these fertility awareness-based methods actually accurate, and can they help you to achieve or avoid pregnancy? There are wonderful studies that have shown that there's like a 97 to 98% effectiveness rate when it comes to achieving or avoiding pregnancy for people who are using them. In addition to that, you know, the Pope Paul VI Institute in Nebraska has done several studies about the use of NAPR technology to address all of these different GYN issues as well. Um, personally, in my practice, multitude of case studies of people who have come to me with unexplained infertility, and then we've been able to uncover the root causes and then help them to achieve pregnancy. And even after the fact, continuing to support them with their GYN health and helping them to avoid things like PMS symptoms and postpartum depression and all of those things which are very intimately connected with this hormonal balance. Um, I just have a patient the other day, the most beautiful thing she had had four miscarriages and um, she came to me and she was like, they've done every test that there is to do. They tell me that there is nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with my spouse. And um, I don't know what to do now. And so then we started on our normal pathway and we found four different things that they hadn't uncovered. And we addressed all of those things. And she is now, she just sent me her 13 week ultrasound and it's the most beautiful picture of this baby you can see the complete outline of its head and its arms and its hands and it's just wow. so so wonderful to see that you know we everywhere I go especially around Philadelphia when I go to different events and whatnot I always have people coming up to me and they're like here's your baby here's your napro baby and it's you know, such a beautiful thing to be able to hold those children and to know that you played some small role in helping them achieve that dream. Dr. Monique, when you're speaking, I just feel that you are able to present the information in such a clear way that uh, uh, I'm, I'm enamored by how uh, much information I'm able to gather from this. I can only imagine how much this will help our viewers and your patients. Uh, my, my final question is, how do you get the message out? How are people finding out about this technology? So much of it is through word of mouth. Somebody has experienced it and then they tell everybody that they know about it. Um, I am very active on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, and I hold a lot of rooms on Clubhouse 
on a weekly or multitude of rooms where I go in and I'll just speak to different people about GYN health and fertility or gut health, all sorts of different topics, um, thyroid health. And uh, through that, I'm encountering a lot of people all over the world who are very interested in just learning more about this. So my, I have a website, it's naturalwomenshealth.com and people can go there and link to the courses that I provide when it comes to fertility and the coaching services as well. Um, but yeah, it's getting to be much better uh, known in the community, which is wonderful. Thank you so much. I will share that website. And then my final question for you is what is the one thing that you would tell these people who may think that there isn't hope or, you know, young girls who may have never been to a gynecologist? What do you want people to know? The one most important thing? The one most important thing I think is learning to listen to your body because your body is speaking to you and telling you exactly what is going on really take the time to understand what is normal and what is abnormal. And even though everyone around you might say that they're experiencing the same thing, it doesn't make it normal. So really, really dig deep and find out what is normal and then look for someone who can help you address that. Thank you so much. That's a great message. I love that, that it, just because it seems normal as in most people are dealing with this doesn't mean that it's what you have to deal with and that it's not a normal function of what your body should be doing. So thank you so much for really sharing this and enlightening us on all of the great things that you're doing. It was great having you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Wonderfully thank enlightening. Thank you. Thank you all for watching. Bye-bye.